Good day, friends. Are you ready to take on new territory as we read and reflect upon the scriptures today? It's October 7th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast. This is the 280th day of our journey through the scriptures, and we have only 85 days left before we complete our reading together of all 66 books of the Bible. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher based at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and I am pleased to serve as your host. We are in the 24th book of the Old Testament, the book of Jeremiah, and we are in the 12th book of the New Testament, Paul's letter to the Colossians, where our theme has been the colossal Christ. Jesus asked that important question of his contemporaries, what do you think of the Christ? What you believe is very important. It will affect your life's outcome. It's vital that we get our information from a reliable source. Jesus affirms the authority and eternal relevance of his self-revelation, saying heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. He is the solid rock that we build our lives on. Jeremiah warns the people of Judah that they have rejected the word of the Lord and given their ears to false prophets, and they will pay the consequences. So let's pick up where we left off yesterday in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 8, beginning with verse 8. Jeremiah, chapter 8, verse 8, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. How can you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us? But behold, the lying pen of the scribes has made it into a lie. The wise men shall be put to shame. They shall be dismayed and taken. Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord. So what wisdom is in them? Therefore I will give their wives to others and their fields to conquerors. Because from the least to the greatest, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. From prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed. They did not know how to blush. Therefore they shall fall among the fallen. When I punish them, they shall be overthrown, says the Lord. When I would gather them, declares the Lord, there are no grapes on the vine, nor figs on the fig tree. Even the leaves are withered, and what I gave them has passed away from them. Why do we sit still? Gather together, let us go into the fortified cities and perish there, for the Lord our God has doomed us to perish, and has given us poisoned water to drink, because we have sinned against the Lord. We looked for peace, but no good came, for a time of healing, but behold, terror. The snorting of their horses is heard from Dan. At the sound of the neighing of their stallions, the whole land quakes. They come and devour the land and all that fills it, the city and those that dwell in it. For behold, I am sending among you serpents, adders that cannot be charmed, and they shall bite you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah grieves for his people. My joy is gone, grief is upon me, my heart is sick within me. Behold, the cry of the daughter of my people from the length and breadth of the land. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king not in her? Why have they provoked me to anger with their carved images and with their foreign idols? The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. For the wound of the daughter of my people is my heart wounded. 
I mourn, and dismay has taken hold on me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has the health of the daughter of my people not been restored? Chapter 9 Oh, that my head were waters, and my eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Oh, that I had in the desert a traveler's lodging place, that I might leave my people and go away from them, for they are all adulterers, a company of treacherous men. They bend their tongue like a bow. Falsehood and not truth has grown strong in the land. For they proceed from evil to evil, and they do not know me, declares the Lord. Let everyone beware of his neighbor, and put no trust in any brother, for every brother is a deceiver, and every neighbor goes about as a slanderer. Everyone deceives his neighbor, and no one speaks the truth. They have taught their tongue to speak lies. They weary themselves committing iniquity, heaping oppression upon oppression, and deceit upon deceit. They refuse to know me, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will refine them and test them. For what else can I do because of my people? Their tongue is a deadly arrow. It speaks deceitfully. With his mouth each speaks peace to his neighbor, but in his heart he plans an ambush for him. Shall I not punish them for these things, declares the Lord? And shall I not avenge myself on a nation such as this? I will take up weeping and wailing for the mountains, and a lamentation for the pastures of the wilderness, because they are laid waste, so that no one passes through, and the lowing of cattle is not heard. Both the birds of the air and the beast have fled and are gone. I will make Jerusalem a heap of ruins, a lair of jackals, and I will make the cities of Judah a desolation without inhabitant. Who is the man so wise that he can understand this? To whom has the mouth of the Lord spoken that he may declare it? Why is the land ruined and laid waste like a wilderness so that no one passes through? And the Lord says, Because they have forsaken my law that I set before them and have not obeyed my voice or walked in accord with it, but have stubbornly followed their own hearts and have gone after the Baals as their fathers taught them, Therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will feed this people with bitter food, and give them poisonous water to drink. I will scatter them among the nations, whom neither they nor their fathers have known, and I will send the sword after them until I have consumed them. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider, and call for the mourning women to come, send for the skillful women to come, let them make haste and raise a wailing over us, that our eyes may run down with tears, and our eyelids flow with water. For a sound of wailing is heard from Zion. How we are ruined! We are utterly shamed, because we have left the land, because they have cast down our dwellings. Hear, O women, the word of the Lord, and let your ear receive the word of his mouth. Teach to your daughters a lament, and each to her neighbor a dirge. For death has come up into our windows, it has entered our palaces, cutting off the children from the streets and the young men from the squares. Speak, thus declares the Lord, the dead bodies of men shall fall like dung upon the open field, like sheaves after the reaper, and none shall gather them. Thus says the Lord, 
Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will punish all those who are circumcised merely in the flesh, Egypt, Judah, Edom, the sons of Ammon, Moab, and all who dwell in the desert who cut the corners of their hair, for all these nations are uncircumcised, and all the house of Israel are uncircumcised in heart. And this ends our reading from the Old Testament portion today from the book of Jeremiah. Now let's take a few moments to reflect upon what we have just read. Jeremiah is addressing the false priests, prophets, and scribes who deceitfully handle the word of God. They were lowering the moral standards of Scripture to accommodate the decadence of their culture. This would result in their destruction. Warren Wiersbe summarizes well the failure of those who were entrusted with the Scriptures. Quote, The false prophets, who claimed to be writing and speaking in the name of the Lord, deceived the kingdom of Judah. They were men whose personal lives were godless, whose hearts were covetous, and whose remedies for the problems of the nation were useless. Their ministry was popular because they majored on the superficial and marketed whatever good news the people wanted to hear. End quote. Jeremiah chapter 8 verse 11 says, They heal the brokenness of the daughter of my people superficially, saying, Peace, peace, but there is no peace. Sadly, this treacherous malpractice is found in the church today. The Apostle Paul foresees it in his letter to Timothy. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn away their ears from the truth, and will turn aside to myths. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. The people of Judah believed in the myth of their own self-righteousness. The Apostle Paul writes about this in his letter to the Romans. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 3. They trusted their temple observances while failing to give God the heart devotion and obedience that He was due, had they really known Him for who He was. The price of their spiritual adulteries and unrepentance would be the destruction of Jerusalem, death in the city. They would experience the curses that were promised for breaking their covenant with the Lord in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 15 through 26, and verse 47 and following. Their crops would fail, their opportunity for harvest would pass. Their trees would bear no fruit. In chapter 8, verse 13, they would be attacked by venomous snakes. In verse 17, and their cities and towns would be destroyed. In chapter 9, verse 11, the people would be either slain or taken captive. In chapter 9, verses 16 through 19, Jeremiah says that the sensibilities of Judah are so distorted that they feel neither sorrow nor shame for their sin. They pretend that they are morally and spiritually fit, taking pride in their religion, their temple, and their heritage. And yet even their presumed worship is a stench before God. Their reformation under King Josiah was entirely superficial. Jeremiah lists their sins. 
They oppress the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. They casually practice theft, crimes of violence, murder, adultery, and other forms of sexual immorality. Lies fly from their tongues like arrows shot from a bow. While they speak amicably to their neighbors, they are plotting to betray them. They practice idolatry in their homes. I once witnessed a funeral procession in Jerusalem. They carried the body through the street with a parade of loud mourners. Sometimes wailing women are hired to sound the family's grief. In Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 17, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider and call for the mourning women, that they may come, and send for the wailing women, that they may come. Let them make haste and take up a wailing for us, that our eyes may shed tears and our eyelids flow with water. For a voice of wailing is heard from Zion. How are we ruined? We are put to great shame, for we have left the land, because they have cast down our dwellings. Now hear the word of the Lord, O you women, and let your ear receive the word of his mouth. Teach your daughters wailing, and every one her neighbor a dirge. Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 17 through 20. Jeremiah explains why this punishment is coming upon them. The Lord said, Because they have forsaken my law which I set before them, and have not obeyed my voice, nor walked according to it, but have walked after the stubbornness of their heart, and after the Baals, as their fathers taught them. Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 13 and 14. In the midst of this warning of imminent judgment coming upon the people of Judah, we are offered this relevant advice. Thus says the Lord, Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, and let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving-kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for I delight in these things, declares the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. We close today's reading in Jeremiah with the discovery that Judah is listed along with those pagan nations who will soon be punished. I'm sure it would be shocking to hear that the Lord is associating them with pagans. They had become dull. They had little appreciation for the privilege they had of a covenant relationship with God. The outward rite of circumcision was to be a symbol of their inward heart commitment to be set apart to God as a holy nation. In Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 25 and 26, and Genesis chapter 17, verses 9 through 14. Yet how dull the people of Judah had become. May this instruct us to never substitute outward shows of piety for a genuine relationship with God through ongoing faith, trust, and obedience to His Word. Now let's move on to today's reading from the New Testament. We go to Paul's letter to the Colossians, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Put on the new self. Colossians chapter 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek those things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. 
on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked, when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its Creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And this concludes our reading from the New Testament, Paul's letter to the Colossians. Once again, we see the 50-50 ratio of doctrine in relationship to application in Paul's letters. In chapters 1 and 2, we have the indicatives. Paul states the facts about who Christ is and what he has accomplished. Chapters 3 and 4 will have the imperatives. Paul will command the believers to walk in the light of this gospel reality. Fact. You are crucified with Christ. You are dead. Therefore, here comes the imperative. Put to death whatever is associated with your old Adamic behavior patterns, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed. Don't pretend that these old practices are anything less than idolatry. Fact. Your new life is hidden, that is, identified with Christ in God. You are already positioned in Christ at the right hand of God, far above principalities and powers, complete and pronounced righteous in Him. Therefore, here comes the imperative, set your minds on things above, the gospel realities, the big picture, the fact that you are alive only because of Him, to live through Him and for Him. Be occupied with Christ. In Him you can bring forth lasting fruit that is pleasing to the Father. Fact. Christ is our life. Fact. Christ is coming again. Fact. We will appear with Him in glory. The imperative is implied. Don't waste your life living for earthly things. You used to walk in the ways of the Adamic nature, but now you must, that is an imperative, put off anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips, and all habits of lying, exaggerating, excusing, self-glorying, and self-justifying. Fact. In the body of Christ, there is no racial distinction or class distinction. So... Here comes the imperative, treat all in the church as members of Christ. Colossians chapter 3, verse 11. Wear your true colors, virtues that suit your new identity in Christ, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Fact, 
God has been gracious and forgiving towards you. Here comes the imperative. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Fact, you were called by the gospel into a relationship of peace with God. Here comes the imperative. Let that peace rule your hearts. Be anxious for nothing. Be thankful. Imperative. Be filled with the Holy Spirit by being filled with the Word of God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Fact. All you have is Christ. He is your life. Therefore, here comes the imperative, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. That is, do all in the nature of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Now we move on to our next stop in our Bible reading tour, to the book of Psalms, where we're picking up where we left off in Psalm 78. We will start with verse 32 and read through to verse 55. In spite of all this, they still sinned. Despite his wonders, they did not believe. So he made their days vanish like a breath, and their years in terror. When he killed them, they sought him, they repented and sought God earnestly. They remembered that God was their rock, the Most High God, their Redeemer. But they flattered Him with their mouths, they lied to Him with their tongues. Their heart was not steadfast toward Him, they were not faithful to His covenant. Yet He, being compassionate, atoned for their iniquity and did not destroy them. He restrained His anger often and did not stir up all His wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and comes not again. How often they rebelled against Him in the wilderness and grieved Him in the desert. They tested God again and again and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember His power or the day when He redeemed them from the foe, when He performed His signs in Egypt and His marvels in the fields of Zoan. He turned their rivers to blood so that they could not drink of their streams. He sent among them swarms of flies which devoured them, and frogs which destroyed them. He gave their crops to the destroying locust, and the fruit of their labor to the locust. He destroyed their vines with hail, and their sycamores with frost. He gave over their cattle to the hail, and their flocks to thunderbolts. He let loose on them his burning anger, wrath, indignation, and distress, a company of destroying angels. He made a path for his anger. He did not spare them from death, but gave their lives over to the plague. He struck down every firstborn in Egypt, the firstfruits of their strength in the tents of Ham. Then he led out his people like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. He led them in safety so that they were not afraid. But the sea overwhelmed their enemies, and he brought them to his holy land, to the mountain which his right hand had won. He drove out nations before them, he apportioned them for a possession and settled the tribes of Israel in their tents. We will continue to read Psalm 78 tomorrow. Let's take a few moments to reflect upon what we have just read. The psalmist continues to recount the history of God's gracious dealings despite Israel's long history of disobedience. In his dealings with the human race, the Lord knows what we are made of. He graciously offers us salvation. 
Thus he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and does not return. Psalm 78, verse 39. The psalmist describes the Exodus as the Lord bringing his people out of Egypt like a flock. He led them like sheep through the desert. Psalm 78, verse 52. The Lord was a faithful shepherd, providing tender care, his manifest presence, and visible displays of wonder. Despite all this, the people failed to put their faith in him. Therefore, they would suffer the consequences of their faithlessness and experience the futility of their labors, coming to naught, and the judgment of God's wrath. A whole generation would perish in the wilderness. We will finish this psalm tomorrow. Now let's move on to today's reading from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 27. Prepare your work outside. Get everything ready for yourself in the field. And after that, build your house. This is a good proverbial reminder to get our priorities straight. Focus first on what will sustain you. What has the Lord called you to do in terms of fruitful service? Build your life around that. Now let's take what we've learned before the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your Son. Through our faith union with Him, we now have access before you. We are hid with Christ and stand completely identified with Him. We are perfect in our standing, even while we are imperfect in our state. This is a marvelous truth. Help us to be mindful of this fact and not slip into the habits of our old nature with its evil inclinations. We present ourselves to you this day, letting your word dwell richly in us, yielding ourselves to your Holy Spirit's abilities to bring forth what is pleasing to you. May our lives be a prayer of thanksgiving that will bring glory to your name. We give thanks to you, our God and Father, through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you for joining with us in our Bible reading today. I pray that you have been enriched with a reminder of the facts of God's goodness and that in the light of these indicatives, these gospel facts, you will walk through the spirit of grace in the imperatives of living a life that is pleasing to God. We look forward to continuing our reading journey tomorrow. If you have any questions or comments you'd like to contact us, you can write us at podcast at newlife.org. If you would like to know more about New Life Community Church, New Life Fine Arts, and our different ministries, you can go to our website, and you can also subscribe there for a free daily email with a written copy of our one-year Bible commentary. That's newlife.org, newlife.org. So until next time, May the word of Christ dwell in you richly and give you peace. Shalom.